Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Thomas Keenan, founder of Step It Up Academy, who's on a mission to help others succeed in business with interim COO services and, and a whole lot more. Hey, Thomas, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thank you so much. This is awesome. And I like to always start these out and just me saying I'm grateful for the opportunity to come on your show and uh, get in front of your audience, as we briefly talked about before we started here today. Oh, man, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. And hey, two glorious beards in one place. It's it's a, it's a recipe for oh, so much awesomeness. I'm sure yeah. of that. So Can I tell you a quick funny story? Yeah. So uh, my first daughter was born and about two years, maybe th- maybe she was three, I went to the barber to have a trim and the guy messed up. I didn't like it. So I went home and I said, I'll fix it myself. Got into the shower, got the buzzer out, and I made it so bad that I actually opted to just shave it off completely and start fresh. I walked out of the shower, came into the hallway, and my little daughter saw me for the first time with no facial hair and proceeded to run away screaming and didn't talk to me for over a week because she didn't know who I was. Oh man, I've seen like videos of that where someone shaves a beard off and the baby starts crying. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, those those words. This is not going to be a beard cast. Well, it could be another time. But oh my gosh, thinking, and this actually is relevant for business. I'll do it myself. Let me just fix this mess, and then what mm-hmm. happens? We screw it up time yeah, and time again. Worse. There's a business lesson for all of us, right? For real, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today with your business? And who is it that you love to work with? Yeah, small business owners is my jam. I come from a service-based business uh, background. However, when I got into the coaching space, I found out pretty quickly that I could help more people than just service-based business owners, Mm -hmm. which was, to be honest with you, was a self-limiting belief I put upon myself. I said, hey, I'm the blue-collar guy. I come from service-based industries. That's all I could help. I can only help male clients. And when I first started coaching, I was coaching in an organization where I didn't have a say in what clients were were sent to me. They did it through personality assessments and an assessment with the client initially. And the first two clients that I got were both female. And one was an insurance brokerage owner. And the other one owned an industrial supply company that sold like cleaning and and consumable supplies to really big um, uh, infrastructure companies like uh, casinos and and, and colleges and, and federal prisons. It's like, how am I going to help these people? And when I got on the phone call and started having conversations with these women, I realized that they were having the same struggles that I faced in my service-based business several years prior. And at the end of the day, you know, we've heard this multiple times is business is business. The problems that you face are the problems that you face. Um, So 
I say that and service-based business owners, uh, my clients range mostly from clients who are doing about $500,000 in gross sales up to about 13, 13 million in gross sales per year. So, and I know that's a big, uh, a big distance between, you know, uh, gross to gross, but that seems to be the sweet spot where we can help our clients the most, depending upon where they're at. Mm. Okay. So let's kind of sort of break this down slightly. What is it? What do you see that is the reason why that's the sweet spot? What's, what's consistently the information or the challenge or what, what people are struggling with at that kind of level? Sure. So it obviously it varies. Uh, when we come into the clients who were in that 500 to the million dollar area, uh, they're in some lower level programs with us where we're not charging them as much because their cash flow, their, their money available to put into coaching or consulting isn't what it would be if they were a $10 million company. Um, and the problems that they're facing at, let's say, a million dollar company versus a $10 million company are very, very different. Most, most of the clients who we're, we're serving who are in that million or under are a lot of, hey, I'm going to figure it out and do it all myself because that's all I know. That's all I could afford or that's all I think I can afford as of right now. So we're helping them dial in what's your time worth, where are you spending your time, and how can we effectively delegate these tasks to other people on your team? Or if you don't have them on your team, let's develop a process to create new roles for your organization. And that, then let's help you go out there and hire those people as well. Mm -hmm. So we won't do the actual hiring for them, but we'll design and help them implement the hiring process, show them some best practices to start bulking up the team. Because you and I yeah. both know, there comes a point in time where you have, to, you have to hire in order to win your time back. Well, three resources in life, time, energy, and money. Oh my gosh. So energy, it's, we, can, we can bring this back. We can gain more energy. Money, it comes and it goes. We can earn it. We can always earn more. It's kind of fluid, but time, shit. I mean, dude, time is one thing you're never getting back. Yeah. It's what you can leverage in that, in that moment. So what you're saying there about what is your time worth? Where do you spend your time? Just those two questions alone. That's the yep. game changer. That's how we change so much. So the leverage, how to put money in. So one thing we hear time and time again, and it's one of the biggest challenges as people sort of scale up, especially from solopreneur to CEO, mm -hmm. is I know I need to hire. Everyone says that. Everyone says it's the best step they ever made. However, mm -hmm. I can't afford or justify the money, but I need mm -hmm. the money to pay for the help. But I need the help to grow the business to get the money. And I'm stuck and I'm stuck and I'm stuck. Yep. Can you talk to that kind of cycle? Sure. This is why we have processes for it. So number one, the first thing we have all clients do, I don't care what you're doing, where you're at in business. If you've done this before, it's irrelevant. We're going to do it, right? We have to establish the KPI of what your worth per hour is. So WBH, worth per hour. And the basic calculation we run for it, and it's, it's pretty accurate, as simple as it may be, is how much money did you make last year divided by 2080, 2080. That's approximately 40 hours of work per week. And you and I, sir, both know that most small business owners work a lot more than 40 hours a week. So we're being very generous here. Okay. So once you do that calculation, and I'll, I'll give you a rough number that, that I, I talk about frequently. If you made $300,000 last year, divided by 2080, you're approximately $144 per hour. That's what you're worth per hour. Next step of this equation is let's go and study your time. Let's spend two weeks doing this. It's going to be an awful exercise. It's not going to be fun whatsoever. But I'm telling you, if you have the tenacity to get through this, uh, it's going to make you a better person and you're going to understand what is going on inside your company. Yeah, dude, the time study. Oh my gosh, it is one of the most amazing things you can do, one of the most revealing things you can do. And it is tough. 
it is it is relentless it is unforgiving mm-hmm. and that's the good thing but mentally emotionally it's a tough thing to do yes it is but we, when we do the time study we don't keep it on just the business side of things i want my clients to do a time study on everything and i tell them flat out look i don't want you to share this with me because it's going to get very personal i need you to write down every single thing you're doing over the next two weeks in 15 minute increments. And depending upon the task that we have here, we're going to associate it to a bucket, right? And, and to keep things simple, I have four buckets I get them. I get them a $10 an hour bucket, $100 bucket, $1,000 bucket, and a $10,000 bucket. And if you look at the task, I'll give you a brief overview here. Uh, $10 an hour task is you sending an email to a client. That's you doing data entry. It's adding a, uh, someone to your CRM. It's real basic stuff, stuff that we could essentially possibly hire an assistant or a virtual assistant to help us do these kinds of things. And I find that most small business owners get stuck in the 10 and the $100 an hour buckets exclusively, which leaves them no times for the higher uh, higher revenue generating activities. So when we look at this and we go through the time study and we we figure out all this information, then we say, okay, look, we have this $10 an hour bucket. This is where we're going to start. Of this bucket, let's now break these things down. Of these tasks, which of these do you like to do? Which of these are you good at? And which of these you absolutely despise doing? And the ones that you despise doing, you may despise them, but they also may be very necessary for the overall success of your business. Those are the ones that we're going to focus on first, and we're going to start to build out processes, and we're going to figure out what needs to get done in order to duplicate these things here, these tasks. And so we're going to, you've now done it, which means you're good at it. Let's figure out a way to document this, whether it's a Loom video, whether it's an SOP. Now we have something that we can effectively delegate to someone else who would bring onto the team. So we're, we're taking this and getting it off your plate. That Okay, so just to pause there, I think this strategy is so important because one mistake that we found time and time again, and obviously we didn't do this, is to bring someone in to do a different job, something new. If you've got to focus on and then bring someone in to do um, a different social media platform or a different job or head a department, if, if you're not replacing a role to start with, I think that's one of the biggest challenges and where it, logically it makes you think it's okay. But mm-hmm. as you said, to document what you're doing, to create an SOP, to create a Loom video, to go with the SOP, now mm-hmm. it's bulletproof. Someone else can, anyone can do this with the right care and right information so i think that's a big nuance there that a lot of people miss a lot of people get but Mm -hmm. it's finding out how do you replace rather than add more add new add different yeah yeah we call it the g3 method you have to go and get it done you have to get it documented then get it delegated those three steps and that's literally the formula to scaling that i've been able to use several times throughout my career so um yeah, you're 100% correct. We find people that go in, they say, oh, I need a social media manager. Great. Are you currently posting on social media yourself? No, but I, I want someone to go do it for me. And I understand it. But at the same point in time, if you haven't gone in there and done a little bit of that work yourself, you don't mm-hmm. understand or you'll never know when someone's trying to pull a wool over your eyes and maybe not do the right thing by you. Yeah. And you're not actually leveraging your time. You haven't replaced yourself. So mm-hmm. a huge, huge element there. So, okay. Your, your 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 worth per hour find that your time study i mean these are just a couple of real key areas that is is so sort of fundamental so rather than sort of because you've probably gone through all of this probably made mistakes along the way found out all the right ways of trying to do this 
Yeah. That's why coaching exists to be like, cool, don't make our mistakes. We've done all this bullshit. If there's a there's a better way. Trust me. You may want to yes, do it yourself. Is. Most people do, but mm-hmm. there is a better way. So let's let's sort of turn this around and talk about from, from your experience. Because it's so easy mm-hmm. to sit here and say, here's what other people should do. Mm-hmm. Talk about us. So what was it like for you as you as you started your business and started to sort of scale it? What were the challenges that you like? Yeah, either were big or that you never saw coming. Yeah, so I'll, I've I've had a couple of businesses over the over the years, and I'll go to my first company uh, because that was the one that was the scariest and most impactful, I believe, in a negative sense. But of course, there's always positives to it. Um, I was a custom car audio installer for 20 plus years, and I got to a point where I knew more than my boss, or so I thought, and I said. See you later. I'm going to go start this thing on my own. And I figured, let me just go build the shop. And magically, these people are going to show up, pay me thousands upon thousands of dollars to work on their cars. And it somewhat worked until it didn't. I was an excellent technician. I knew my role. I knew how to do the work. Right. And, and my the way that I look at, at, at any kind of business where there's any kind of fulfillment or services provided, the services provided, the technical aspect of it is 20% of the overall equation. It's Pareto's principle, the 80-20 rule. The other 80% is your sales, your marketing, your HR, your IT, all of this up, backend systems, software that we all need to, to run the businesses, credit card processing terminals, whether you're using Stripe or something else, that makes up the 80% of the, the remainder of the business. And most of us, I shouldn't say most of us, some people, and I'm talking about myself here, some people start in small business because you are an expert, you love what you do, and you think just because you're excellent at the specific trade that everything else is going to fall into place. And yeah, that no one was, tells us that we have to do the admin and the marketing and the sales. Like, I get to do this job. This is going to be amazing. And then the entirety of the situation comes a knocking. All of it. Yeah. It came a knocking for me about five years in, and I had to throw the towel in that business and shut it down. What What was it that came too hard or was the... So it was cumulative over the years. Yeah. It, it, I was... Um, if I didn't do it myself, it wasn't done right. I needed mm. to have my, my hand and eyeballs on everything that came in and out of the business. Yeah, I needed to make sure that the money was handled correctly. So that pretty much meant that I was the one handling all the money. I needed to make sure that I was the one who was demoing the vehicle to the customer. So you came in and you spent, let's say, $5,000 on a nice audio system. I wanted to make sure that I was the one demoing what we had installed for you because I knew it was going to be done correctly. So what you said this? These are all linked in. Is this a case of was it just trust? You ha- you were trying to find how to trust people, or was it oh, a passion? Work. I didn't want to let go. Passion. I was really good at what I did, and most people couldn't hang at the level I was at. And I don't say that from a cocky perspective; it's just the facts, hmm. right? So, but again, that's that's the case for most small business owners. We are the best at what we do, but there has to come a time where we have to be willing to give that information to someone else and elevate them. When we elevate the others they help elevate the whole thing we have called business yeah let's use your 80 20 rule again because you know, if they do it 80 percent of your standard mm-hmm. that's probably well above what the client expects and actually what should be delivered there's yeah. something beautiful about sort of seeing this so did you know that at the time and did you take this principle into your next business no. with okay i ain't gonna fuck up not at all. Nope. So I started the second business. So so I left the first business. I went to work for someone for a couple of years, got back on my feet financially, learned a little bit about more, a little bit more about life and business and interacting with people, learned to trade a little bit more as well. 
Uh, got the entrepreneurial itch because it just runs in my blood. Got the itch again, went out, started the second business. This business, we I had a business partner in, 50-50 partners, which was a blessing and a curse as well. Um, start this business and we made the same dumb mistakes for the first five years of that company. The only reason it didn't fail is because there was two of us and we're both hard-headed and hardworking individuals. So uh, my wife comes to me at the time and she goes, uh, I'm pregnant. Okay, awesome. We've been trying. This is something we're looking for. This is a good thing. And about three weeks later, I started to realize what was actually happening. Like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be a father. I'm bringing this living human being with flesh and blood and bones into this world. And I'm, I'm now going to be responsible for this thing, this child. And um, it made me start to really think about the business that I had built, how I was operating it, the amount of time that I was spending in it. You know, I was still working 18 to 20 hour days and we were in a, in a business. We had kind of transitioned out of the the retail car audio business and started doing GPS tracking and dash camera installations in commercial vehicles. So this, this meant that we were service technicians who showed up at the customer's facility to do the work. So lots of mileage on the vehicle, lots of time on the road. And I kind of stepped back. I looked at my business partner who was 10 years my senior, uh, had been doing this longer than I had at that point. And I said, you know what? We're doing well here. We're making good money. Um, we have a business that's growing. We've got a really good name and a good reputation. We have more business than we know what to do with, but I don't want to be him 10 years from now. I almost got a glimpse into my future because of it. Mm. And I said, you know, he's, he's missed a lot of family things. He's missed birthday parties. He's missed time with his kids because we've been busy as a business and we've always put the business first. I said, you know, I don't want to do that. I just want to pause there. That phrase there that's, that's embedded in there somewhere, which is this is the way we do business. This is what it needs to take. We need to, if you're dedicated, you need to put it in. There's, pick your own adventure with this. There's so many different sort of things you can say there. Yeah. And they're all made up. They mm -hmm. can be true. They don't have to be true. But there's some justification there as to why. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that was um, that was the start, really, was, you know, me finding out and becoming a dad. And I said, I know that this business also has more potential than I have the ability to lead it to. Yeah. I'm really good in the technical role. My, my business partner is really good in the technical role. We have the right contacts. We do the right work. But I don't know how to put the rest of the structure in place. I don't know how to set goals appropriately in businesses. I don't know how to hire I don't know how to, how to this, how to that. I don't know what software we need. At, the at that point in time, we were running Microsoft Word to create invoices, and we were running uh, Microsoft Outlook for emails and our cell phone. That was the software stack of this company that was doing almost a million dollars a year with two guys in it. So, okay, let me go find someone who knows a little bit more about this thing called small business, and I'm willing to, to exchange some money for some knowledge. Mm. And that's how, that's how the coaching and mentorship started. And I, I went down that road and we hired the first coach. And the first thing that guy said to me was, you need a CRM. I was like, what, what's that? You need a sale. What, who now? <laughs> Who's yeah. that guy? Who's CRM? Yeah, what is, who? <laughs> and uh, went down this rabbit hole and, and found out that there was more choices out there than I could ever possibly imagine. Uh, chose one and got heavily involved in that community. And it taught me a lot about business. And about, you know, we, we spoke earlier. I was, I was saying, you guys have great automations in place. Well, the reason I know all that is because I've had to do it for my businesses. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It, 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 when, once you see it and you understand the back end of it, you can you can kind of spot it in someone else's business much easier as well. Let's just draw a parallel between the hiring and the CRMs and the systems mm-hmm. and the automations, because these normally start out with, I don't have time to do this. It normally has, I don't have the money for this or it's going to take. I know logically, I know it's the right thing to do. However, mm-hmm. if I it's going to take me longer this week, next week, this month to set up someone new so that the processes, it's going to mm-hmm. take more time, which I don't want. That's what I want to solve. They know long term, it's going to really mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. But it's that short term pain. I find yes. that's usually the the first barrier. And sometimes that barrier, that hurdle, it, it's almost too big to overcome. Yeah. 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 My, my whole thought with that there is you you start small. You take a step and you make you make progress. And then if you have to pause for three days or a week because you got too busy doing the work in the business, so be it. But get your butt back over there and, and get to finishing what you started. Yeah. So with, with this, obviously your journey, you mentioned so many different ag- angles. Let's all fast mm-hmm. forward to, to sort of today because sure. the lessons you're dropping already that you know, a lot of people listening would be like, yeah, I've been through that. Or I remember that time or shit, I'm going through that exactly right now. Let, let's glimpse into now. So sure. what's it like for you as you've, as you've, you, you've built these businesses, as you've turned to, to the coaching to be able to yeah. help other people with mm-hmm. these kind of problems and move forward? Um, mm-hmm. What's it like during this time for you? Well, First thing is every time that I've started a new business since every every time it, uh, let's say we hit the go button on a new company, it grows to a a much it grows to a stable point much faster than ever before because of the lessons learned in the past. And one of the things I, one of my coaches a long time ago told me this, and I didn't necessarily believe him until I actually experienced it for myself. He said, you're going, to, you're going to carry your systems and processes that work from previous businesses along with you to the next one. And it's going to be very easy for you to roll out and re-implement those system, systems and processes, those plays that you know work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very easy for you to roll them out and see success with them. And he's 100% right. You know, I, I've been in the coaching industry now since 2019. October 2019 is when I started getting paid to coach. I had been mentoring and helping people for years prior, but that's when I first received an exchange of money for my time. Mm. And since then, um, I've had a lot of experiences and learned a lot, learned, learned what works, what doesn't work, what industries I can help, what industries are like, yeah, you know what, I probably can help you, but I have a guy who I know who, who's a better fit for you. Um, and in, in all of that, I made some transitions through my career and I coached and ran a, a very large organization organization for two years. So I moved from, from New York to Dallas in, in September of 2020. About 30 days after getting there, I was recruited to come work for this company. I did so. I was there for 20 months to be exact, and they had a massive growth. And, and I won't take the, sort of the credit for all that because I was, a, I was a, a cog in the wheel that helped make that a, a reality. Uh-huh. And when I left last July, it was time for me to go back on my own, got the entrepreneurial itch again once again in my life and career. And I said, okay, great. I understand what worked, but I also understood what didn't work because I got the experience to see behind the curtains of a, of a rather large organization who was doing, doing this on an eight plus figure level. Okay, cool. So let's hit the go button on my own in, in, in September of, uh, sorry, sorry, July of last year. And to see where we've gone, because now in, I don't know, two weeks, it's going to be a full year. But to see what has transpired and what has happened in this one year, I've never grown a company this fast before and stabilized it with monthly recurring revenue like I have with this one. And it's 
it's, it's also very helpful for me to come in and speak to my clients and I'm very open with them. Like, Hey, yeah, I have, this company hasn't been in business for very long, although I've been in business for a very long time. Mm. Right. But to show them, Hey, this is where we started day one. This is where we're at now. This is what the team has grown to. This is what the clientele has grown to. This is what our live events have grown to in a little bit less than a year is also proof to them that I'm still in the trenches doing the work every damn day. Yeah. And that's, I think, is the, the authenticity comes through. That's so important that you know, you're doing the thing that you need. You're obviously, mm-hmm. we say this all the time, we often coach the things that we need the most or have needed. And there's a little bit of nuance with that as you level up your systems, oh, yeah. your processes. Like, now you know this, but damn, you got to up your game because you hit that next level. What's that like? And then comes the, in comes the fear, in comes the doubt, in comes the overwhelm that you're not immune to this. You're just no, sort of moving up. So as you've hit that new level, as you hit this new phase, yeah. what are the challenges that you find that, oh, I've got to overcome this, or I thought I'd dealt with this, but it's it's showing its head again, maybe in a different way. Yeah, um, a couple of pieces here, and it all, it all happens to be around relationships. I find that as you continue to level up and self-develop and become a better person, that your circle changes. The people that are around you that even, so when, when you first start to level up, you have what I call as the drop-off. People are like, oh, he's one of these, he's Tony Robbins guys, he's out there and he wants all these better Who things. Do you think Why you can't are? you just well, be happy right. with what you have? Yeah. So you, you lose people or you lessen communication with those people in your life. Cool, you continue to grow, continue to evolve. And now you're like, oh, I found my people. Let's grow together because we yeah. all want more. We want to self-develop more. We want more in our business. We want, we want more things, right? like-minded individuals. And there comes a point too, where even in those relationships where someone just stalls and someone keeps going. And now you have another level of drop-off. And this is something that I don't think ever ends. I think that if you're, if you are continuously out there to make yourself better, that you're going to continue to have people drop off in your life and your career. And I just want to talk to that just for a small second. It's that fear of loss. Now we've, I've gone just like five, six levels deep straight away. I'm not saying you have that, but a lot of people do. And that fear can actually hold us all back. But it's that first level of crowd, friends, family. We don't want to, who are we? You're right. If I do this, I'll lead, I'll lose them. If I get yes. to this level, I lose these mentors. How many mentors have you outgrown? Because only one of them, you're either still with them, mm-hmm. you've outgrown them or they've outgrown you. That's Great. the only sort of three things that, that can happen. And then we, that happens with a business owner personal relationships, they start to suffer. Family, friends that you thought would be in it for the long haul, but we all lose along the way. But that fear of loss, losing our business, losing our friends, losing whatever, losing clients. Oh my gosh, you love this client, but they no longer are at your level. Yes, That can be such a destructive force. Mm -hmm. It can be. Um, It's the good old adage of you need to let go of the good in order to make room for the great. And every time that I've been faced with this massive challenge, right? So, so go, go back to my second company. I had a multi-million dollar company. We had 25 plus employees doing great things and, and busy as could be. And from the outside looking in, I had this nice corner house in Long Island, New York and two cars in the driveway and a white fence and a dog and a wife and three kids. I was the perfect American dream. Although I was not happy with what I had built because I understood and knew that it could be better. And the other person who was attached to the company, my business partner, he didn't want any more. He didn't want to do more work to make this thing better and so we can kick out more tokens and give us more free time. 
So like I got to a point where I was like, okay, I've got this really good thing here that's paying us really well, but it's not what I really truly want. And I got a lot of pushback from people when I started making changes in my life to sell the business, to sell the home in New York and move out of state, looking for a better opportunity, not just for me, but also for the family. And I, I've just seen this pattern continue more and more and more over time. You know, I, I got I got a, a really good position as the chief operations officer of a, of a very large uh, mastermind group, right? And I had people fall off from that. When I left that community, people fell off again. When I started this new community of Step It Up Academy, cool, you attract your people, they come in. And I've had instances already over this last 12 months where we've either outgrown a client and said, hey, hate to break it to you, but we're not the right fit anymore. So it probably doesn't make sense for us to continue doing business. Yeah, but that's one rule that I have as well too, and and I, I hope that all other business coaches, mastermind leaders, have this as well. I'm in business to help others succeed, mm. and if by me taking money out of your pocket each month is not helping you succeed in business, then I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. But it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, there's a little trap with a lot of a lot of worry or fear comes in that we all take the wrong client stuff. We all coach the wrong people. We all have wrong people buying our stuff, whatever business you're in. But having that level of, yeah, if you're not the right person, if I can't help you, if it's not going to work for you, um, number one, you're going to ruin your mindset. You're going to ruin the community. There's so much knock-on effect that holding that space is, it's empowering and actually it creates room to allow the right people in. Now you're making a declaration to God, the universe source, the higher power. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, I, had a, I had a mentor many, many years ago who told me this and it took me, it took me experience it, experiencing it to truly buy into it. And he told me that not all business is good business. And I was like, ah, but you know, we need the, especially when you, and, and let me, let me be very clear here. When you first start your company, oftentimes you must you you take whatever is thrown at you because you need to make things happen. You need to make ends meet. You need to pay the bills. You need to pay the whatever it is. There comes a point in time though, and you better be keeping mental note or or physical note. You better be keeping note of which clients are not the right ones for you, which cause the most problems, which projects or or, or jobs you're taking on that aren't really the the ones you enjoy doing or the ones that cause you the most headaches. Those are all hints from, like you said, the universe or source, that you should not be involved in that over there. Find out and stick to whatever it is that you specialize in. And that's really difficult. Because oftentimes we have a client who wants to come to us. Like I I run into this a lot. I'm the operations guy, but I don't want to build your, your CRM and your automations. Like it's not my game. Right. And oftentimes I have clients who come through our uh, uh, Step It Up Academy and they're like, hey, you guys are really doing, you know, it's great stuff. We see all these great landing pages and emails and, and text messages coming out from when, when we sign up to go to your events and whatnot. Mm. Well, could you help us do that? And it's like, yeah, I could. I could. But if I take your money there, now I'm on the hook to deliver something to you that really isn't my specialty. Yeah. So yeah, that, that focus is so so super important. Look, Thomas yeah. Crumbs, we we been for hours on this. Oh my gosh, there is so much. This has been so much fun to break this down and go on lots of different tangents. Thank you so much for being here today and, and sharing oh, your businesses and behind the scenes and, and, and your perspective. Yeah, I appreciate it. Now, this is great. I love having conversations around it. 
you know, and, and uh, I, I hope you and the audience can pick up that I'm definitely passionate about this because this is stuff that I live and breathe every single day of my life. Dude, love it. Love it. Look, if you want to find out more about, about you and the work you do, where can they find you? Stepitupacademy.com. That's the best place. There you are. Everyone, if you're curious or like, hell yeah, this sounds amazing, go check it out. But again, Thomas, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, so welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.